we are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. The Cheers to Comics Podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics Podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Slurds, welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne. This is episode 242. This week is an overview week. I'll be going over the news and the books and the stories and all of the good shit that's happened in between the, uh, well, the 7th and now. So, um, yeah, only a, a little bit to talk about this week. I was hoping there'd be a lot more on account of New York Comic Con and all, but... There are a few panels that caught my interest, so let's let's start out with the news this week. The only news I have to talk about that I found worthy of mentioning uh, was, you know, the the stuff that came out of New York Comic Con. Now, am I going to be talking about the Invincible trailer? No. Nope, I talk about comics and comic books only. So, there were three panels... Really, only three things that really mattered when it came to comic books themselves. It wasn't a trailer dropping or a uh, a movie announcement or something like that. So let's just start out with the three panels that piqued my interest. Uh, starting with Marvel, we're going to talk King of King in Black. Uh, Kate's and Stegman came on a panel to essentially get us pumped for the King in Black event taking place towards the end of the year, this big Null trilogy. Uh, now, there, what did I get out of this other than, you know, excitement? There were a couple of ways that they worded things that had me... definitely had me going, wait, what? And it was quick, it was slight, and it wasn't touched upon after it was brought up. And the, the main thing was saying that this is kind of the... The the f- I could have swore they said the final chapter of Null. Now, what does that mean? Of course, nothing is the final chapter of anything in comics. Duh, Brian, we get it. But are we going to get this char- character built up and then put him in this big old war and then just kind of sweep him under the rug for a while? Uh, or is this... I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. But it's just kind of the way that that was brought up made me go, uh-oh. Uh... <laughs> Is Kate's leaving Venom after this? Don't know. Uh, it doesn't seem that way. You know, I just... I mean, once again, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And it, it got me got me speculating. Uh, other than that, yeah, no, the, the, the panel I thought was interesting. You know, the guys kind of stroked each other a little bit, as, you know, you would imagine. <laughs> they're, they're, they're two buddies, and they got to give each other praise. Uh, it's, it sounds like it's in for a wild, wild ride, and once this does happen, it sounds like it's going to be maybe the most brutal thing that's come out of Marvel. I know one major thing that was kept being brought up was, I can't believe we are allowed to do this, you know, and that's, uh, <laughs> when that comes up that much, it makes me wonder, you know, like, what the fuck is it? Or, is it just hype words? I don't know, but it worked for me. Yes, I was already on the King in Black, but... 
now I'm just that much more excited, especially after the teasing of, you know, the, the what what's gonna happen with Eddie and all these other major characters and but they won't say who and what or why, obviously. But it's got my interest peaked in. I guess that was the point of the panel. Uh, as far as anything new coming about it, I don't know. No, not really. <laughs> but it sounds like it's gonna be a fun ride. Uh, the other Marvel panel that piqued my interest was. The big X of Swords uh, panel. It was, uh, who was it? Vita Ayala, Teeny Howard, uh, Jerry Duggan, oh, Jordan D. White, and uh, Ben Percy. <laughs> Bunch of beasts, man. Bunch of beasts. First thing, first thing I noticed is that uh, if Ben Percy ever decided to leave comics to go be a voice actor... He could, I mean, he could voice Batman. <laughs> the, I've never heard the dude speak until this panel, and he's got the most amazing deep voice you've ever heard in your life. I mean, he sounds like Wolverine. He sounds like Batman. And I, I swear to God, I thought they were, I was waiting for them to, you know, vote, uh, edit out any sound effects or something for him to come on and just talk like this or something. Not that he looks like he would talk like this because he looks like he would have that voice. I take that back. Nobody looks like they would have that voice except for maybe Michael Clark Duncan. <laughs> like that. Oh, whatever. That's not what the panel was about. I'm just impressed with that dude's voice as a podcaster. That's all. <laughs> now, as far as the, the Ten of Swords, to me, that was the biggest revelation as I wondered... Uh, reading, you know, the initial X of Swords creation, uh, I thought, well, they're talking about tarot a lot, and, you know, tarot's you know, fucking numbers and shit. So, uh, I, I thought, well, shit, is this Ten of Swords? Well, it was referred to throughout the panel as both Ten of Swords and X of Swords, and it's not like one creator said it one way and another one said it the other way. I mean, Jordan D. White himself has both said X of Swords and Ten of Swords in the same fucking sentence, for that matter. So, uh, <laughs> I think it's just one of those things where it's, you know, powers of ten. You know, you just get used to saying X because everything is X-Men, and now all of a sudden we're using Roman numerals, and, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Whatever, it's, it's, uh, what I got out of this was a great breakdown as to what's happened thus far, and... Makes me, uh, actually made me feel pretty good about what I've comprehended. Turns out, I got the gist of this story. I was a little worried that I was going to be lost on something. A major plot line or something throughout this. I mean, it's 22 parts. There's a lot of ins and outs weaving out of this. But really what it came down to is them reassuring me and my confidence that, yes, I am understanding this story. Like, so few events that are taking place right now. The other one I'll be talking about in a minute, but... <laughs> uh, overall, my... Uh, I, I thought it was a very fun, exciting, uh, energetic panel. Once again, getting us pumped. It sounds like, you know, as far... They didn't spoil anything, but it sounds like the X-Men as we know them is all going to change. Again. But... <laughs> in, a, in an interesting way, I would hope. You know, they... they just by the, the looks of excitement on their faces, when one creator would say something and another creator would like, <gasps> you know, you could see them gasping in the background like, motherfucker, don't spoil this, this shit's good. You know, that, uh, it got me excited once again, and to me, that's what these panels are for. It's not necessarily to, 
you know, to create these revelations of, you know, spoilers or exactly what to expect, but make you wonder, you know, and man, I'm not stopping on this, this Ten of Swords. I'm not, you know, I had a, f something told me that I was going to get burnt out through, you know, five or six parts. And so far, no, that's not the case, man. It's a damn good time. And it sounds like. Uh, the, really, the big thing I got out of this was something very reassuring. Uh, oh fuck, what's his name? It'll it'll pop into my head when it matters the least. But the character introduced in Wolverine, just this last week, and I'll get to that uh, in more detail. Uh, well, a little more detail. But Ben Percy goes on to say, "Solemn, that's his name. See, huh? And what it didn't not matter the most. What do you know?" The Solemn character is not just going to be a one-off bad guy. It sounds like he is the new, well, Sabretooth, if you will, to, to Wolverine. And as somebody that speculated on picking up about six issues or so of this book, uh, or at least the Wolverine book, on account of his first appearance, uh, Ben Percy, he solidified my confidence in my, uh, <laughs> my speculative abilities, let's put it that way. Uh, it sounds like this character is going to be the shit. And uh, he he actually used the, the term a Loki to Thor type of relationship. Well, we all know Loki don't fucking go away. It don't happen. I like the fact that, you know, that he's, he's a trickster. That 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 was kind of, you know, revealing in a way. So I, when I came to Ben Percy talking, he was probably the most revealing character. Or character, he's not a character, creator on the panel. Uh, I know Jordan D. White a lot of times, <laughs> anytime anybody was asked a question, they had to, you know, ask Jordan, <laughs> hey, could I talk about this? Has this been revealed yet? Uh, you know, once again, I thought it was a great panel. I think they all did a great job. Uh, everybody brought the energy. They gave me the excitement I wanted to continue to have throughout this, uh, throughout this massive mutant event. So, 10 out of 10 on that. Uh, we uh, fuck, we need more panels like that, guys. It's just so good. And honestly, it wasn't a big circle jerk either. You know, and I don't... And it probably sounds bad when I put it that way. But, you know, these, these guys, these creators get on and they act like they don't talk to each other all the time. And they're just, oh, you were so good at this and so good at that. And really, that's a lot of what the next panel I'm going to talk about was all about. But in this, no, this was so far from that. It was just... Uh, and yes, there were a couple moments where, you know, they're giving credit to each other, but just a couple moments, that was it. For the most part, these guys are just, oh man, getting us excited. So, uh, once, uh, an incredible panel, easily my favorite panel. You know, the, the Kate Stegman was great, uh, you know, it was revealing in a, in a sense, but more than anything, <laughs> this Ten of Swords, man, <sighs> See, if it, uh, it was one that I, I needed the push on, and it pushed me in the right direction, that's for sure. Uh, not to downplay the next panel, but... Uh, yeah, <laughs> Death Metal and Batman had a panel. James Tynan IV and Scott Snyder. Uh, you know, it was Scott Snyder hyping up Tynan's Batman, and it was uh, Tynan saying, Hey, it's really cool working with Scott Snyder a little bit on Death Metal. And honestly, that's really what the panel was. Uh, Snyder gave a quick synopsis breakdown as to what's going on in Death Metal, and even from the writer himself giving an elevator pitch, 
uh, I'm still lost as fuck. I'm still lost as fuck. I mean, I got a little bit better of an idea, but he really just touched on the major plot points that I kind of already knew. And uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's not like he got me any more excited for death metal or anything like that. If anything, he just kind of made me realize, oh, shit, this, this might dud out. And that's kind of a bummer. On the other hand, though, on the, the flip side of the coin, Batman was hyped up like a motherfucker. Uh, it sounds like Tynan has some amazing stuff in store for us. And, yes, that's a lot of Scott Snyder hyping up for his boy. I get that. But it really does sound like Tynan's on to something. And for that, I am very, very pleased to keep Batman on my pull, pull list and... Uh, I, I, the, the, because of that, the, the panel wasn't a complete dud to me. Very redeeming, if anything. Uh, you know, and there's some few stories, uh, there are a few stories that kind of were, were shared between the two of them, you know, uh, you know, how, uh, Tynan became essentially partners and friends with Snyder throughout the, uh, you know, meeting, uh, in a class and all of that, I mean, I'm not going to give the whole fucking story, go through, watch the panel yourself like I did, but, I mean, it, it made for entertainment, let's put it that way, but that's not what I want out of a New York Comic Con panel, I don't want these guys just sitting around talking like they're on a podcast, essentially, uh, hosting a podcast for each other, is what it sounded like, um, a little disappointing, but at the same time, because of the, the pump and hype and excitement for what James Tiny the Fourth has in store for Batman. Uh, yeah, a redeeming panel for sure. I wish they, honestly, I wish they would have never even brought up Death Metal. And if that's all we were going to get out of it, I wish it would have never even came up. And that's, that's just how I feel about it. But, um, that's, I know it kind of ran long on the news this week, but it's, it's Comic-Con, baby. It's New York Comic-Con. Uh, you know, I, I wish there were more, I, I, here I am wishing and shit, fuck. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do, I, I really, really wish that there were more comic book-based panels. It was all, once again, so much about, you know, oh, the Walking Dead cast comes together, and, uh, how many Walking Dead panels were there? How many Walking Dead comics are there going on right now? Oh, the reprint they're doing? I mean, no, that doesn't count. Ugh, I'm a little disappointed um, overall when it comes to the comic book content. But as far as the deliverance and the production value and the lack of technical difficulties and all that stuff that we tend to see in these panels digitally in this new normal... Uh, yeah, I think they pulled it off. I think they did just fine. I mean, I, I'm the curmudgeon in this. Everybody else was super pumped on the Invincible trailer and the Doctor Strange Spider-Man 3 revelations and all of that. And I get it. You know, three year ago, Brian Wayne would have been just as pumped as everybody else. But, uh, I, I like the, the format of the comics. <laughs> so that's what my attention's on. Uh, now... With that being said, would I ever try to make it out to New York Comic Con, knowing that they spend a little as little time as they do on the comics? You're goddamn right. I would travel my ass from Denver to uh, New York to to check that out. But uh, <laughs> in the meantime, um, I'm gonna stay cozy here and safe, and just rant about it on a mic until we get to that point. 
I do miss cons, I'm not gonna lie. I was always a fucking germ freak, though. Uh, so, deep down, I'm a, I'm a little relieved I didn't have to go through all that, uh, uh, tension this year. But I already miss it. I do. So, uh, that's the news I have for this week. I apologize for any... I don't apologize. I'm not sorry for anything. But there, there, there have been my rambles. Uh, <laughs> now, let's talk a little speculation. Uh, the speculation segment of this show is, well, exactly what it sounds like. It's me speculating on books that could potentially hold some water in the future of the, the secondary market. And, you know, money. You know, money is what I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got a few books to speculate on this week. The first one being Batman number 100. We get the first cameo of Ghostmaker. Uh, apparently from, you know, this panel this week with Tynan the Fourth and Snyder, it sounds like Ghostmaker may be the real deal here. Uh, could be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. Uh, and I do think that this, this character sticks. I think that it's just a matter of time. I think it's 102 when we get the first full appearance of Ghostmaker. And yeah, no, I think this book is going to hold some water in the future. Right now, it doesn't seem to be doing much, but we shall see. It just depends on how badass they make Ghostmaker, who they reveal him to be. Apparently, it's a character from Batman's past, so nobody completely knew. That usually doesn't help. The I mean, if it's somebody that we've already known, we all know that... Uh, the, the, the market tends to take a dip. Oh, no, we've already seen that guy. He's not a first appearance of anything. But if that character happens to turn out to be way more badass in his second reincarnation or iteration or whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, then, yeah, sometimes it holds that water, as I'll say again. So, uh, I'm in the, 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 the boat that's holding water (laughs) for Ghostmaker. Uh, next up is Wolverine number six. I picked up six copies of Solemn. Just saying. Uh, I mean, Wolverine number six for the first appearance of Solemn. I know that this character is going to have a long X-Men mutant Marvel lifespan. I know he is. We're all going to be all over this book. Uh, I have a handful of them until that happens, so... Yes, that's why it helps to pre-order the books. No, I didn't go up and take a stack of books because I heard last second and be a little shelf dweller. No, 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 no. I pre-ordered it because I pays attention. And if you paid attention to the podcast, the Polis Priorities episodes, you could be in the same boat. Uh, how many different sailing references am I going to use in this segment? Justice League number 54, I don't believe in cam- or second cameo appearances, let alone cameo appearances deep down, but the market does, CGC does, and what CGC says goes. So we have the technical second appearances of both Omega Knight and Mind Hunter. Uh, yeah, we shall see. I don't know what a second cameo appearance is going to hold uh, as far as longevity goes with the market, but... You never know. I mean, this is probably a book that's going to take 30 years for it to, you know, hold any type of uh, significant value. But, once again, you never know. Uh, Champions, number one, we have the first team appearance of Cradle. These are the guys that, or the the team, the the crew that is out hunting 
the, the, the vigilantes, the teenage vigilantes. What ain't supposed to be teenage vigilanteing? So, Cradle, first appearance there. Don't know how, how far that's going to go, but flip it while you can, I guess. I would say this is a quick flip, if anything. You might make a couple bucks on it, and then... I don't know. I really don't know how to feel about that book. Uh, Miles Morales, number 19. We have the first cover appearance of a Miles clone. Haven't been reading Miles Morales. I don't know how important this clone is, but it... It's... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But in the meantime... I can I have the story anyways. Now I've got it for the sake of the cover as well. So there we go. Speculating. And uh, first cover appearance of Solemn in X-Force number 13. Uh, it's a, Yeah, first time we see Solemn on a cover. It appears in Wolverine the same week. So big week for Solemn, man. Uh, mark this the, the, what it was, the 7th. We'll mark October 7th, the birthday of Solemn. And I, I, I'm telling you, this character is going to be a big deal. Not only just in X of Swords. I'm telling you, I mean, this is... I, Jordan D. White said it himself. Benjamin Percy said it himself in the panel. Uh, I'm pumped. I'm so pumped. I listened to my gut on this one. I know that there is some moolah to be made. Now, that does it for the speculation. I've talked about news. Before I get into the few overviews I have this week, i got to tell you where to get some comics from, folks. That's Hooked on Comics. If you're COVID conscious or you just don't have a shop close to you, or maybe your shop has fallen victim to the, the COVID economy, whatever the, the, the excuse is use that excuse to head on over to Hooked on Comics. Now, these guys know how to get you your comics fast, efficiently, and uh, behind a great show because they do it all in a live comic book auction style. You find them on nsclivetv.com. You find them on their Cheers to Comics, or I'm sorry, well, in the Cheers to Comics uh, Facebook group, I'm sharing out their feeds, or you just like the Hooked on Comics uh, Facebook page, and you'll get notified when they go up on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Those are the main shows. Tuesdays are their uh, pre-sale show for the new books coming out, your best opportunity to get books because you could secure them. If you are a shelf dweller, uh, and I even mean that in the digital sense, you don't pre-order your books and you wait last second for everything, your best bet, honestly, is the Hooked on Comics Tuesday pre-sale show. Because they have most of those books available because they can't get rid of them on t until Wednesday. You could purchase them on Tuesday, but can't have them until Wednesday. So in the, the mailing market and all of that, and it says, yeah, you, you, fuck, it, it works out. It works out. So uh, Tuesdays is, uh, yeah, the, the new book pre-sale show. Saturdays is the big boy show. That's where you get your slabs and your silvers and your bronze and your keys and all of that good stuff. Uh, once again, they deliver an entertaining auction on top of it all. It's like uh, the Osbournes selling you comics without the rock and roll. Bickering is what I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> I love it. They always have me giggling. So Hooked on Comics is the place Tuesdays and Saturdays at 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Times are the times. And, uh, well, I guess Hooked on Comics is the what? NSCLiveTV.com is the place. Now, I'm going to talk about some overviews here in just a second. First, I'm going to leave you with this. Lubricate my throat. I'll be right back. 
Greetings, henchmen and loyal subjects. I am Evan the Great. Now I'm JVD. We're your host of the Fictional Battle Podcast, Crossover Collision, brought to you by the Villains Demand. If you love hearing in-depth breakdowns of your favorite characters and what they are capable of doing while fighting in random battlegrounds against other fan favorites, then this is the podcast for you. New episodes drop every Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or over on thebuildsman.com. Alright, I am back to talk new books. Well, at this point they're kind of old books, but they're not that old. Uh, you know, I'm going to go on record to say that uh, part of the reason I put out the Wednesday episode, or this one will be coming out on uh, Thursday morning, <laughs> uh, as late as I have been compared to you know earlier days in the show when I would put it out on Sunday or Monday or essentially before Wednesdays, I'm giving you guys more time to read before you listen to me go through and potentially spoil something for you. So with that being said, there are spoilers in this segment of the episode, but you know, as I say the title, if you don't want to be spoiled, then skip ahead. And uh, yeah, let's, let's just get on with this, man. You guys know how, uh, well, more overviews than reviews. I'm not sitting here judging the book. I'm going to be telling you about the book. Uh, starting with Deceased. Dead Planet number four. Tom Taylor, Trevor Harrison, G.G. Uh, Baldassini, Rain Barreto on Colors. Uh, badass cover by David Finch and Rain Barreto on Colors. So, story starts out. Uh, Constantine pops through a boom tube with uh, Mr. Miracle and Bobo, all up in Ivy's garden. Uh, the idea is, you know, they're going to use Mr. Miracle to get to uh, Metron, who sits on the Mobius chair. And, well, the team needs the Mobius chair to plug Cyborg into so that he can download the... Uh, un-anti-life equation, if you will. Uh, Cyborg's the answer to it all. So, and he's more than just a head now. So the idea is, well, everyone's thinking, well, how the fuck are we going to get Metron off the Mobius chair? And I think it's, who is it? Is it Constantine that says it? Someone's like, well, how about Madame Zandu's crystal ball? Mm-hmm. He loves him some knowledge and... Uh, the future is full of knowledge, so we'll give him the crystal ball. And while he's busy playing, we're going to sneak in the chair, pop in Cyborg, and boom, this is going to be easy, right? Well, they get to Metron, and he's like, no, I'm not doing that. And he, boom, speeds off. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> uh, at this point, I think uh, Superman and Dinah are out searching for... Oh, who are they searching for? Uh, oh, damn it. Green Arrow? I forget. They're out searching for someone, though. But then they realize, okay, let's... Uh, no, who is it? No, it's Mary and Superman go out searching for Dinah. That's what it is. They find her. All three of them so show up to the Metron chair. And I think it's Superman that has the idea of, like, why don't we just, like, ask him if we could borrow his chair for a second? And I'll be dipped. It works. It works. So he looks into the crystal ball, and they're sitting in the chair getting the, the un-anti-life matter equation. 
antimatter, I don't know what it's called, the not zombie virus, there we go, all downloaded and programmed, and it doesn't take long for Metron to look into Madame Zandy's crystal ball before it realizes, uh, snappy poos, I got a piece, and he takes off, and, <laughs> and that, that has, uh, things very, uh, <laughs> has the team very worried is what I'm trying to say, because they think, well, he just saw the future, and Metron, the most powerful being, godlike thingies in the whole stuff, <laughs> is scared? That's going to be a problem. What's going to happen when we do this stuff? Well, uh, turns out what he sees, uh, and the team has yet to see, is Dark Side. Uh, the unliving, invading New Genesis in the future. So, uh, this happening now as we speak? Is this something that's happening in a minute or two? Uh, with the results of the, I don't know, things getting fixed, air quotes? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but the fact is, is that this deceased story continues to be one of the most fascinating pieces of DC storytelling I've ever read. Uh, you know, we've we've had different parts of this. We had the the first six issue run, then we had a one shot, then we had uh, the the three parter, and now we have the seven parter here. And I, deceased is my favorite universe right now. I really do. I. Uh, it's so damn good. So that's where we are on all of that. Uh, I'm <laughs> I couldn't be more excited to talk about this book. So let's let's continue on. We're going to talk about Justice League now. Uh, this is tying into the death metal storyline. Joshua Williamson doing the, the 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 words and the story and Zermanico doing the art and Romulo Fajardo Jr. I don't know why I said a Spanish name in Italian accent, but that just happened. Uh, he did the colors. So, essentially what's going on here, it's a whole lot of explanation and backstory telling and what have you. But the, the, the things to take from this um, is the fact that the team, this new Justice League that we get now with Nightwing and... I don't know, let's see if I can figure out who's on here. Looks like Nightwing and Starfire and Hot Girl and Cyborg. Yeah, those are the main ones. Is that Grodd? Can't be Bobo. Maybe, yeah, he's got a sword. Maybe that is Bobo. Um, I forgot. It's been like eight days since I read this book. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, they're not super pumped that Lex Luthor, you know, the guy that just essentially awoken uh, Perpetua, uh, is trying to help out. So there's little trust between the team. Uh, meanwhile, in the background, we get, uh, a battle, you know, everyone's wondering, oh, where, where's Martian Manhunter? Well, it turns out he's fighting Mindhunter, which is, uh, an alternate reality Batman that is Batman and Martian Manhunter combined. So, there's that, but still a second cameo appearance, even though the term Mindhunter is used, and you see him, like, I don't understand what... What the fuck is a second cameo appearance? Excuse me, but I am so confused. So confused. Uh, I, I don't understand this logic. We get his name. He's in a full panel. He's doing stuff. What, does he have to have a villainous monologue before he's considered a first appearance? I don't know. Don't know. 
Um, but whatever, rant over on that. So what's going on here is that this team of Justice Leaguers, they're, they disagree with Lex Luthor's logic. Lex Luthor says, I know how to take this, this Perpetua lady down. And Justice League says, uh, I, I don't believe you. So we're going to do this instead. And the thing that they decide to do instead is walk through this valley of Staros. That's dangerous, right? So as that's going on, each individual character is starting to see things differently. Uh, they, they see one character on their t- you know, teammate as Lex Luthor. Or, you know, they just, they're seeing bad things. Well, uh, the only one that hasn't necessarily succumbed to it yet is Nightwing, and that's when Lex Luthor pops up and says, why the hell did you do that thing I told you not to do? Because now look at this thing that's happening now, and now everything's all screwed up. So, uh, huh, whoops. I know how to get you through here, though. But first, and then they turn around, and the, the, the other teammates are, um, well, in fight mode. They see Nightwing and Lex Luthor, and like I said, they're all starrowed up. Their brains are all starfishy. So, uh, that's what's going on here. Um, I'm, this one wasn't nearly as comprehensible, comprehensive? as the, uh, the the last issue of Justice League. Uh, but when it comes to this Death Metal series, none of this makes any sense to me. Uh, I'm along for the ride, but it's... I, I might as well be reading Doctor Who at this point. And anybody that knows my taste knows that I know nothing about Doctor Who. Um, so, yeah, I just know that it's weird and full of a bunch of stuff. And that's what's going on in death metal. It's weird and full of a bunch of stuff that I'm not familiar with. So there we have it. Uh, lastly from DC, the big one, baby, Batman 100. I'm proud to say that I have all 100 issues. This is the first time that I've completed a run this big. Um, I mean, it's still going, obviously. It's not stopping at 100, but a 100-issue run. Uh-oh. Need some latte here. I don't just drink on the Cheers to Comics podcast. I, it's it's all about t- toasting. You know, you can toast with water, right? And this time it's chai latte. Um, so, uh, Batman. Now, I'm only going to talk about the first main Joker War story in here. I'm not going to talk about the individual short stories that take place after throughout the book after the conclusion of the Joker War because it's a you know a lot of just setting things up. It's a whole lot of setup. So let's just get on with the story here. It starts out with Oracle communicating with the Bat Fam. Uh, that's that's always a joy to see, right? Bat Fam, they're out there kicking clown ass and Oracle's in their ear. Same thing with Batman. Oracle's in Batman's ear as well. Batman at this point he has recovered Alfred's Jokerized body. Um, and Joker is all Batmaned up in his very uh, neon bat suit. While all of that is going on, um, Punchline is starting to realize that Joker is legit cray cray. All of this, you know, this plan that they had been working at and all that is just all blown to hell. And she, she doesn't know. She, she doesn't. Uh, uh, she, she's not sure what to make of things. You know, she still has faith in Joker, but at the same time, she's like questioning some shit. So, 
now that the plan has been compromised under broker, the guy managing all the money and all this is essentially saying, all right, time to split ties when you get some money again. Uh, we'll talk. But in the meantime, I got no use for you, lady. And he pieces out. So no more under broker. He, he had his uh, 15 pages of fame. Now, uh, Nightwing shows up. And, you know, like I said, everything's compromised. So the, the Bat Fam, well, Nightwing shows up and we get a battle between her, her punchline and Nightwing. And it's sweet. And it's all that we, I mean, ah, it's so good. But then, you know, punchline essentially backs up and says, well, I got all these clowns, you stupid Birdman. And uh, Nightwing steps back and says, well, I got all these bats, you stupid clown. And... <laughs> We get a battle between Nightwing and Punchline and the Bat Fam and the, the, I was going to say the Insane Clown Posse. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> whoopsies. Uh, no, not them. Not them at all. The, 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 the clown gang is what we'll call them. The crazy clown gang. <laughs> so, but we don't see it. It's just implied, which is kind of a bummer considering this is a honer page book. Like, give me one of those. Give me a give me that two page spread. Like, that's what I want. That two page spread. But it didn't happen, and it makes you wonder. Makes you wonder uh, throughout the rest of the story as to what actually happens. So, because from then on out, it just carries on to Batman. Uh, Batman at and the Joker are going fisticuffs. Um, the Joker's in a bat suit, so he has advantages. You know, he's throwing batarang type of stuff. I forget what it is that he's throwing. Uh, are, are they just like neon batarangs? I don't remember. But he's got all of the all of the tools to, to take down Batman, essentially. And it's not looking good for Batman. It looks like Joker's getting ready to land this final blow. And then, boom, in the background, shot goes off through the eye of the Joker, standing behind is one Harley Quinn. Now, does she kill the Joker? No. At this point, she's she's here to teach Batman a lesson more than anything. She is determined that the Joker is dead when it's all said and done, but she's also determined that the Batman will be the one who ultimately takes him out. So what she does in her goddamn gangsterness is she straps a bomb to the Joker in this building that's coming down, by the way. You know, there's flames and all of this stuff. Because uh, dramatics, right? And then she straps a bomb to herself and tells Batman, um, so here's the deal. Uh, <laughs> these bombs, they're going to blow some shit up. Now, you're, you save the Joker. You take the time to save the Joker. I'm going to blow up. Uh, otherwise, you got to come and catch me. And you're not going to have time to save the Joker. So, boom, she pieces out. Now, <laughs> it's not like Batman's been faced with, you know, it's not his first time having to make a decision here. But the the weight is real in this one. Um, th this is a... <laughs> oh, man, we see a side of Batman we've never really seen before. And he, the Joker, he's... Looking at him going, oh, Batsy, Batsy, you're going to save me and blah, 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 because that's how you do. And Batman essentially just looks at him and, uh, <laughs> well, no, that that's Joker's thing. He's like, oh, no, you're not going to not save your, your, your butler. Your butler's 
here, and you, you're going to have to chase after Harley. And, <laughs> and that's this is where we see, decide, see a side of Batman that we've never seen before. And um, he, not only does he make the decision to leave Alfred behind, but he also doesn't save the Joker. And he goes chasing after Harley. Now, what ultimately is the, the, the screwiest part about all this is that both bombs go off. He doesn't get to Harley in time, and Joker, well, yeah, <laughs> boom. Now, in this is the part I kind of have a problem with. Um, it makes sense, but at the same time, ugh, like, where's the weight of the uh, nothing if both people that blew up survived? Now, um, yes, Harley, she's in the hospital, she wakes up, and Batsy's there, and, you know, they're, she's barely even disappointed that the Joker's still alive, and then it's, you know, one would like to think, you know, at least give us a sense of wonder, you know, is the Joker alive, did he make it through that, uh, but no, no, he, uh, he is alive, Last second, apparently, he used a bat tool to, to get out of the, the, the bomb, and yeah, he was able to escape. And that's essentially where we, uh, we leave off. You know, the, the final page is this character making a cameo appearance, <laughs> cameo, called Ghostmaker, and he's looking in what seems to be some sort of bat cave of his own. Uh, and definitely an intelligence center. There's screens and everything, and he's monitoring Batman and Gotham City and all of this, and um, essentially kind of says, Batman, I'm coming for you. And, yeah, setting up a new villain. Now, as far as the other mini-stories going on here, we get the explanation of Punchline. Uh, Dick did take her down, and Punchline is in custody. Um, what else? Uh, Joker is alive and killing in bars and stuff, and he's realizing that Punchline is straight playing the system by, um, air quote, ratting out the Joker. Um, Joker knows better. Joker knows that Punchline's loyal and that she's just, like I said, playing the system to get her way out sooner, showing this whole, uh, reform and, uh, victim yeah, victimization and all of this, I don't, I don't know, but, yeah, I don't know, there's, the many stories that happen are good, I'm not gonna lie, but when it all came down to it, I expected somebody to fucking die, and, well, um, nobody died, so a little bit of disappointment, but overall, when you talk about the, the excitement of the story arc and the hype behind it, um, yeah, uh, more than anything, yes, it sets up a new Gotham. You know, Bane, the city of Bane was supposed to set up a new Gotham, but, um, oh, that's that's another really cool thing that happens, too, <laughs> is Joker has a conversation with Bane. Wait, no, is that in this issue? That might not be in this issue. That might have been in issue 99. Whatever. At least that's, you know, touched upon. It might be in the side story. Hmm... I don't remember. Regardless, uh, I feel like James Tynan the fourth new Gotham is going to be. Uh, I, I, hmm, the res awesome results. Let's put it this way. I think in the end, this the story that this whole Joker War thing wasn't the goal. The goal is what's to come next, and I know that's kind of a cheap, you know, 
get your way out of a situation type of thing. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little uh, a little too critical. But uh, in the long run, I'm I'm satisfied. And there we go. That's Batman. 100 issues. Talked about uh, at least 50 of them. <laughs> That's gnarly, man. Uh, Alright, well, I don't have any indies to talk about this week. At least not in the overviews, which is a little disappointing. But, you know, it's, timing is everything, and this is a week where most of the indies that came out were... Well, I was behind on them. <sighs> so hopefully I get caught up. Now, more chai, I guess. Jesus, the yawning, I'm telling you. Alright. A book I have never talked about before. From Marvel Champions. Champions number one, legacy numbering 38. It's e-viewing Simone de Mayo and Federico Bli, covered by Tony Infante. Now, um, my first thoughts going into this were, Brian, you're probably not going to like this book, so why would you give yourself a reason to get upset? Uh, now, why wouldn't I not like this book without even reading it? Well, I've never been a fan of the, the you know, young teams. You know, the, the Teen Titans and Champions and um, all of that stuff. And it's just never been my flavor of uh, comic. That's all. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying that. It just usually turns me off. Uh, with teens comes teen drama and I'm an old man. So, uh, yeah, team, dra- team drama doesn't necessarily strike a chord with me. Uh, also, you know, e-viewing, you know, I, I, I give all writers a chance. And, you know, normally she kind of fails to impress me, but damn, you know, and this is why I give writers a chance, because I was turned around on this team and this writer and... I mean, Simone de Mayo is the real reason I uh, <laughs> uh, gave this book the chance I did. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to front. Dude's a friggin' beast. Come on, Power Rangers? Are you kidding me? We only find them when they're dead? Come on. Uh, so, uh, Cradle is what's going on here. Cradle is an acronym for something, and essentially they are... Uh, enforcing Kamala's law. Kamala's law is saying no underage vigilantism. Uh, So, uh, with that, uh, (laughs) Miss Marvel is still vigilanteing and getting together the, 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 the teams and all of that. And she comes off and she makes a statement on behalf of all of the champions that, you know, they're not gonna stop. Come and get us, bitches. Well, Mm, the rest of the team is like, I, what? Hold on, why is she speaking for all of us? That's not cool. That's uh, we gotta figure that out. So on their way to this little powwow, Miles is swinging through the Bronx and he sees a little old lady getting getting distressed. So he goes to undistressify her, and boom, undercover sting. It's Cradle. See ya. Uh, so they go to arrest him, but it's Spider Man. So he's just like, no, I'll see you later. Thwip and peace. Um, well, <laughs> turns out, turns out that while they're all uh, in their little meeting and discussing why, you know, why'd you say that and all this other stuff, you know, teen drama, uh, Cradle pops in, infiltrates, uh, and in my initial thought was, oh shoot, they done put a tracker on Miles and it's all his fault. 
No. Turns out they were tipped off by someone in the group, because apparently someone was a little ticked that Kamala was like, oh yeah, all these heroes that you're hunting, that, you know, you're not, we're not supposed to be doing that. Well, we're going to keep doing that, so don't let your guard down, bad, uh, I mean, well, good guys, I guess. Cradle's supposed to be the good guys. And that's, yeah, well, we've been compromised. Um, And Cradle ends up capturing Wasp and Bombshell and Locust and Snowguard and and the whole uh, mix-up. And, yeah, honestly, I think it was a pretty strong first issue. And I'm going to give this book a a shot on my pull list. I I signed up for just number one initially um, because it is technically the first appearance of Cradle which may or may not amount to anything. But, um, yeah, more than anything, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep it because I was I was impressed. I, 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 I like this dynamic so far. You know, there's automatic, oh, shit, stuff is going down. It's not just a, hey, we're a bunch of teens in the city, and we have love problems, and school's a big deal, and... Oh gosh, I gotta keep my secret identity from my parents. Jeez. Uh, no, that's not what this was at all. This was, alright, we're heroes, we're not supposed to be doing this, the bad guys, the good guys, and, um, yeah. Well, they got us already. That, to me, is what I want in my teen power books. So, bam. Good Anya Eve Ewing. And, I'm sorry, the art is just phenomenal. It's Simone de Mayo. I don't know if it's Simone or Simon or... I don't know, but it's good that much. I do know. And, uh, alright, I'm gonna talk about Thor now, huh? There's a couple people on this planet reading Thor, I think. Thor, number 8, Legacy 734. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donny Cates and Aaron Cooter with Matt Wilson doing the, uh, the colors. Uh, Oliver Copiel and Laura Martin did the badass cover. So, uh, Adam Aziz is now wielding Mjolnir. Tony is on scene, a little perturbed as to the events of all this and why, and yeah. Well, Thor shows up, boom. And at this point, you know, <laughs> uh, Tony is saying to Thor, uh, so now just anybody can wield the hammer. That's a freaking problem. I'm going to take the hammer. You can't have it back. Um, and Thor says, well, <laughs> just because you have the power of, or you have the hammer doesn't mean you have the power of a god. And he flexes real hard. Real hard. And Tony says, you know what? Good point. Uh, <laughs> here's your hammer back. You need anything? Don't put my phone number on this thing. You know, and everybody's friends again. We're all good. But he, Tony, I mean, he's still really worried. Like, why, why is all of this? Why are you doing experiments on, you know, by letting just anybody uh, dick around with Mjolnir? That's not cool. But Thor essentially says, look, I'm doing things my own way, and let's, uh, let's, let's just not worry about this, Tony. <laughs> you were here to, to, uh, well, essentially watch over while the mortals uh, play with my, my toys. And you did good. Thank you, buddy. You can go now. <laughs> that, I mean, that's what I get out of it. Thor just straight uh, kind of bullied Tony around. I've never seen Tony so vulnerable that way. But at the same time, you know, it's it's 
everybody's good, you know, it looked like we were going to get a fight for a second, and I'm glad we didn't, I mean, Tony did smack him in the face with Mjolnir, but, <laughs> do you, when you're hold, how often do you get the chance to hold Mjolnir, Mjolnir in front of Thor, and then hit him in the face with it, you, not very many chances, unless you're maybe Beta Ray Bill, <laughs> so, good on you, Tony, that's why you're my favorite, um, so, at this point, you know, it's, uh, Thor explaining to Aziz, like, okay, you know, you, you're, you're not gonna be Thor, just so you know, but, um, yeah, I, I appreciate you not being a dick when, you know, you, know, you had the hammer, you could have been, glad it was you that picked it up, and Aziz goes on to say, well, you know what, I was, mm, this is pretty cool being a guy that's been in jail before, and all this other stuff, so, um, that, that says a lot, you know, the guy's been to prison, you know, so there's a point in time where he was clearly not worthy, and he's not going on to say that he was wrongfully accused or anything like that, uh, but, yeah, that's, I think that right there speaks volumes, but to me, the cool part of the story is Donny Cates just doing what I call, uh, a Tom Taylor type of writing, and that's when you are just straight up tugging on heartstrings using... A regular ass person, uh, in the the you know, not, someone with barely even a name, and just showing the uh, well, I, I was showing a human side to to heroes or a, re a relation by. I don't even know how to explain it, but I I felt very Tom Taylor type of writing out of the last parts of this book with Donny Cates, um. Allow or telling, hmm, writing Thor to allow Aziz to fly through Oklahoma and see what it's like to to wield the power of a god for a moment, and that to me was this was really cool, especially when um, Adam Aziz got to essentially show his his gratitude for it. I don't know, it was kind of it was really touching. It was uh, was there a lot to be taken from this? this uh issue i mean not so much really it was more so kind of a filler issue but there were a few things that really uh, made it worth all 20 pages when it was all said and done so thor to me continues to not disappoint uh it's, it's due for a bad issue eventually right <laughs> i mean we've had eight pretty solid ones in a row now uh shout out to donny cates man um uh, every bit of me wants to hate you because of how awesome you are, uh, but I, I can't do it. You're the shit, man. So, there we go. Uh, now, the last book I'm overviewing this week is it's, it's Wolverine. I, I want to touch more on this, this Exosword storyline, but it's 22 parts, and um, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to, I don't know, miss misspeak let's put it that way so wolverine very uh well let me give shout outs and credits first right benjamin percy and victor bogdanovich along with matt wilson doing the covers and adam kubert and frank martin did an amazing uh cover on this as well so in this it's essentially explaining that Wolverine has to go through and find his sword because he's been dubbed a champion of this Ten of Swords event. Uh, ten mutants from Krakoa versus ten mutants from Aroka. Uh, now, 
uh, <laughs> Wolverine, he's having a hell of a time, a hell of a time finding this sword, and uh, essentially, in the end, uh, <laughs> uh, he, he's got to face the hand to get it. Now, the big part of all of this is the introduction of a new character, Wolverine's big bad Solemn. Now, he's got adamantium skin, or so I hear. They don't exactly say that in this book. This is not a cameo appearance. He is in here. He has dialogue. He is, to me, very Mr. sinister in the way he talks. He's a little extra. But, to me, that tells me that this character is not going to be a one-off. And, like I said in the beginning part of the show, listening to Ben Percy talk about a New York Comic Con, this character is not going to be a one-off. And I am so glad that I immediately fell in love with this dude. Uh, he is hated by everybody. Uh, he's essentially imprisoned in Aroka. Aroka? Uh, no, even his own, his own people don't like him on account of what he did. I forget what he did. Killed a bunch of people, I know that, but they also know that he's a great warrior and he is needed. So he's given the opportunity to get up out of prison for a minute, and he takes it gladly. And, uh, man, just his introduction is, uh, it's so good. It is so good. I'm, uh, Wolverine continues to just kill it. I know that we went from an Omega Red Dracula story right into, uh, now you got to go find a sword Wolverine, and we got this big 22-part event you got to be a part of, and eventually you'll get back to Dracula, right? Or is Dracula going to be in a... Hmm, I don't know. Uh, but I, that's the only gripe I have, is that you ended a storyline on a cliffhanger and then jumped into a whole new storyline. But when you separate the, the instances and just look at this issue for, you know, the 20 pages that, is, that it is... Yeah, it's a lot of lore. There's a lot of lore as to, you know, the swords and all of this stuff. and But it's told well, and when it gets down to the meat of the bone, and the meat on the bone, it's, it's juicy. <laughs> it is. You know, Wolverine having to fight the hand at the end, and uh, Solemn being introduced. It's just solid. It's solid. It's great stuff, so... That's that's where I stand on this week's overviews. I know I wish I had any indies to talk about, um, but you know, it's not a whole lot was uh, really really stood out, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that like when I say stand out, I mean it's gotta stand out. These are books that I have to recommend, um, and you know, give you some sort of reason to recommend them. Not every book is overviewable and that brings me into my next segment the final segment and that is the honorable mentions uh these are books that i still you know, more than likely got around to reading uh but for one reason or another i just i it's not that i couldn't recommend them it's that i couldn't give enough reason does that make sense well you'll you'll learn what makes sense as we go along in this segment so starting out from boom studios we have we only find them when they're dead issue number two this issue had Ducitus. Uh, strong, strong, strong first issue. The second issue is going, oh yeah, you know all that stuff that we said? Now we're going to explain all of that just a little bit more, um, but not really drive the plot line forward at all. Uh, and because of that, it just took me back a little bit, and I'm not going to sit here and be some lore reader to you. I know I've said the word lore twice now, but... 
that's kind of what I got out of this. It's still stunningly beautiful, no doubt about that. Um, from Dynamite, Green Hornet, number three. Uh, honestly, it's on my pull list because I'm collecting it for somebody else, a Green Hornet lover. Uh, you know, I, I admire the character, but the comics just don't really do it for me, so, yeah. I mean, but you got Lee Weeks doing covers, and you got Scott Lobdell doing the story. It has all of the, the yes to this, but, I don't know, it's just reading Green Hornet, not my favorite, apparently. I've tried. Uh, Rise of Ultraman number two, honestly, uh, well, <laughs> I thought I dropped it. <laughs> and I don't mean to say dropped it. I, I thought I only subscribed to issue one, but apparently I'm in it for the long haul now because I don't do issue one and issue two and then drop a mini series. Now I got to do all six issues. So maybe, maybe I'll get around to uh, reading this this uh, um, mini arc, if you will, story arc. We'll see. From Dark Horse, we have Alien. The original screenplay, number three. I collect alien stuff. I get around to reading it when I find due. I'm not going to go through and um, overview this book uh, just because, I, I don't know, it's something, I don't know. I just, I, it doesn't seem right to do. I'm going to enjoy it on my own. That's where I'm at on that. Uh, decorum, number five. I think this is a five-parter or a six-parter. Regardless, it's coming to an end soon. These books are thick. It is Jonathan Hickman. So eventually I'll get down to it when I have uh, three hours to read all of his denseness. Uh, but yeah, we'll get to it soon. Firepower number four. Um, I'm, I just have it for the first five issues and I'm going to drop it. It's a Kirkman book that could get a thing. It's straight speculation. That's the only reason I'm on this book. Uh, honestly, it's not for me. You know, I'm not ever here to sway you away, away from a book, but um, I am here to try to convince you to sway me if there's something that you want me to be reading uh, that you think I should. I'm letting you know I'm not, but I'm giving you all the opportunity to at uh, Cheers to Comics on Twitter and say, no, dude, you need to be reading Firepower. So that's the excuse I'm going with this time. <laughs> I got a new excuse as to why I'm not reading Firepower every time. Honest, I just don't like it. Uh, Inkblot number two. This is an indie I wish I was caught up on. My issue number one, I had to get it late for whatever reason. And because of that, like I say constantly, I have way too difficult of a time going through and catching up on... Um, any type of back reading whatsoever, even if it is just one issue from a week ago. It's very difficult for me to, to do with my schedule. Um, Spy Island, number two, same exact instance. Came late. I, I need to be on this, but I know it's just a mini story or a mini series, so at least it's written to be that way. I think it's only going to be six issues, I believe. Uh, it sounds like a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I just need a really small week to do some back reading. Walking Dead Deluxe. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to overview that, right? We, we know what happens in The Walking Dead at this point. I'm not going to say... I'm not going to go through and explain the color in it. Because that's the only difference. 
Star Wars number seven. This is a book that's just in the polis to have it. I don't read the Star Wars line, but I do collect them because, hey, sometimes I like to just collect shit too. Batman the Max number four. You were probably looking forward to me talking about this one, but the here's the deal. Uh, I am not going to let myself be disappointed uh, by having to wait any further in between this story getting finished. So, um, what I'm going to do is I'm waiting for the fifth issue to come out, which should be here very, very soon. And when that happens, uh, then, then I will go through and read them both. But uh, I am not going to read a fourth issue after waiting like 14 months in between issues to potentially have to wait another six months in between issue four and five because I just, mm, yeah, uh, I love Sam Keith, but I do not have faith in this. <laughs> I don't know. He likes to screw with us. That's all it is. He likes to screw with us. Uh, from Marvel, I read Deadpool, and this was a love story. And Brian's not a big fan of love stories, so I guess I should have got the, uh, the hint with the cover there. <sighs> Bloodstone. What are you going to do? Magnificent Miss Marvel. Uh, I read it here and there, but didn't read it this week. Uh, Marauders 13. Honestly, I just didn't get around to it in time. This is one that, you know, I'm not skipping any of the Exus Swords books. I will be reading this uh, very, yeah, very, very soon. Uh, next, actually. Probably right after I'm done with recording this episode. Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 19. Yeah, this is another one I just here and there. I haven't read it in a while, so... I don't know what's going on with this Miles clone. If it's something I should be reading, again, uh, let me know. Let me know if this is a badass story arc. At Cheers to Comics. <sighs> American Vampire, 1976. Black Label book. Um, I haven't read any of the original American Vampire, so I was a little apprehensive going into it. So, unfortunately, I didn't get around to to, to checking it out. But when I do make that jump, I, I did pick up the, the, the trade, though, the first trade. So I'll read that and then maybe be a little more comfortable with these characters because it sounds like they're all characters within his universe that we all know or should know already. So, yeah, that's just where I'm at on that. Uh ASM 49, mm, I've had no indication that I need to be wasting my, uh, now this is me just speculating that it would be a waste of my time, but based off of my experience reading Spider-Man lately, a lot of time wasted, and that's just my opinion, I don't, mm-hmm, yeah, so I did not read this big-ass book, that's all there is to it. And I'm a little pissed off that I had to drop 10 bucks on it. And Marvel or Diamond doesn't give a discount on uh, Amazing Spider-Man 850 for some reason. I had to pay full price. That's stupid. That is stupid. Uh, Black Widow number two. I want, There's another situation where I thought I just ordered <laughs> pre-ordered issue one. But apparently I have faith in something big coming out of this six-issue miniseries, so I have the whole miniseries on the pull list now. I'll get around to reading it maybe one day, but it's not a priority for me right now. 
Batman, The Adventures Continue, number five. Yeah, uh, <laughs> look at the little Joker fish. That's fun. Uh, I think this is a seven-parter. I mean, maybe one day I'll get around to reading it, but I just think it's kind of a cool thing to have for nostalgia's sake for me being the uh, 80s kid that I am that grew up watching Batman the Adventure, or Batman Adventures, so... There we go. Those are the honorable mentions. Now I've got to talk about the books that I bought strictly for the cover art. Books that could potentially line my walls. That would be the wall books. Um, and line my walls. Uh, my, the, the walls of Cerebro, you sick. Uh, <laughs> Wolverine number six. Um, yeah, guys, come on. Daniel Warren Johnson. Easily one of my favorite people doing art in comics. So, huh? Yeah, duh. Wolverine fighting the hand. Daniel Warren Johnson style. Yup. Francesco Martina did a cover for Batman number 100. Honestly, uh, I've seen this cover before. He character swapped. I get it. He did it on Suicide Squad. The same exact design. <sighs> um, just now, it's Batman versus Joker, and not uh, I literally looking at the cover on my wall right now. And <laughs> fuck. Um, I understand. I'm starting to get to that that point of understanding why people aren't super stoked on Francesco Mattina. I think the dude is uber talented, but I'm I'm having a hard time respecting the lazy lately. Um, I've I've seen this. I want to say three out of maybe six covers that I picked up out of his. At least two out of six covers where I thought, dude, you just did that like two years ago. Just now it's green instead of pink and Joker instead of Harley. So yeah, I get it. It's still a cool cover for what it is, but at the same time, uh, I'm having a, l a little bit of difficulty respecting the, the laziness. And that is really hard for me to say because, guys, I have an entire wall that is just Francesco Mattina art. He is, I mean, I collect everything that he does. I do think that he is incredibly talented. It just kind of hurts my feelings a little bit knowing that he... Uh, and yeah, he puts out a lot of work. It's not like he gets one cover a month and, you know, it's swiped with something that he just did. Or some even argue stole from someone else. Um, but, yeah. Uh, on the flip side of that, though, when he did the cover for Deceased Dead Planet number four this week, yeah, fucking A+. <laughs> kind of reminiscent to some stuff that he's done, but... You know, you can only draw zombie anguish so many ways, right? And Dinah on here, the Black Canary slash Green Lantern. This is a whole lot of green. It almost kind of reminds me of Spawn in a way, but I'm, I dig it. I dig it. It will be hung proudly. Uh, yeah, duh. I obviously picked up, <laughs> uh... B -b 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 -b. What am I trying to say here? Batman the Max number four. 
the variant. Duh. Sam Keith got both covers? Sure. Absolutely. I'm actually going to be putting together a Sam Keith wall here soon. Just got to track down a few more Marvel Comics Presents covers he did, and I think I got enough for a pretty good segment dedicated to the old Sam Keith, my favorite artist in all of comics, in all of art and entertainment altogether. <laughs> Sam Keith. Uh, yeah, no, the cover's dope. It's not nearly as detailed as a lot of his past work, but it's still very, very, very Sam Keith. And, uh, oh shoot, it looks like I missed an honorable mention here. But also, kind of a wall book at the same time. Uh, X-Force, number 13. Yeah. Uh, first cover appearance of Solemn. So, there's there's some shit right there, right? <sighs> Bad ass, guys. I was excited about the books this week. I know, I wish there were fewer books on the honorable mentions and more on the overviews, but I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to force talking about a book that um, just doesn't, I don't have a lot to say about it. You know, I, I want to give you guys a rundown, some reasons, some, uh, yeah, your own reasons to, to like these books. And that's, that's where I land on my reasoning this week. Reasons. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I hope that you have been, uh, informed or swayed in some sort of way to go out and get on a title you may have had some sort of negative feeling towards. Um, I'm here to convince you. I'm not paid to do this, unless you're a patron, but even then, you're not paying me to do anything. You're just paying to show support. So while we're on that subject, for as little as a dollar, patreon.com slash cheers to comics. And, uh, yeah, show your support that way. That's the only way I really get paid. Um, even my sponsors, they're not plugging any of these books. I'm just, yeah, that's... I, I genuinely love what I'm talking about, and that's, yeah, I'm done rambling. <laughs> Leave reviews on iTunes. Uh, check out all of the other great podcasts on the Age of Radio Network. Uh, check out NSCLiveTV.com for the home and all of the greatest auction action on the planet, including a proud sponsor of the show, Hooked on Comics. Uh, so, yep. There we go. Oh, I guess I had to get one more yelling out. Oh, bitch. <laughs> um, as always, I urge you slurds to stay as safe as you possibly can out there. It's crazy. Uh, so crazy, in fact. Um, maybe one week I'll, uh, I'll tell you about this story. <laughs> uh, so crazy, in fact, your boy just got carinized and hit by a car by Karen. So, shout out to all the crazy Karens out there getting away with uh, attempted vehicular manslaughter. And that's that's just a further... Ex I'm not here to say, hey, you know, whatever. Uh, it's crazy, is my point. So stay safe out there. Um, read responsibly in the safety of your own homes. Because, guys, it's crazy. Cheers, Beckers. Hi, uh, you're listening to Cheers to Comics Podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics Podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics Podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to the Cheers to Comics Podcast. <laughs>